That's a magic number. Yes, it is. It's the magic number. Hello and welcome to Flintoff, Savage and the Ping Pong Guy. That's me, Matthew Side. We've got some really meaty topics this week. Performing in a big final, our guilty pleasures and what is the most pointless position in sport. As always, a huge thank you to everyone who's got in touch through the week using the hashtag FredSavSide. But before we get going, let's do... Well, before we get going, Matthew, do you think <laughs> you have now got a catchphrase? The meaty topics. He says it every, every week. Is that every classed week. as a catchphrase? I don't know. Can you think of a better adjective? Good topics. Strong well, I like topics. it. I'm not having a go. At Intra- it. I'm just the same. Did he text you this week, Fred? Matthew? No, not this oh, week. He's put on about six or seven thousand Twitter followers. Who Matthew has? Yeah. Not said thank you yet, has he? <laughs> what? So, <laughs> the implication being that I'm putting on followers through association with well, just, the savage Flintoff. It's just bizarre how all of a sudden in the last 16 weeks you've gone up by 7,000 followers in the previous five years, probably 100 a week. Yeah, Fred. <laughs> Fred, have you noticed how... Before we started this podcast, every time you looked at Robbie's timeline, I mean, we didn't do it very often, he was getting slated. Yeah. Now he's getting a lot of love yeah, through but association. I, no, but I, I, have you I, had I, any feedback? You, is it, is he do you know what? I, I just see it as like giving back to the community. <laughs> you know, it's like a public service. It's, you know, we've seen all these campaigns and no, this is to make Robbie likeable. It's a campaign. We, it's, it's hidden. We've not told him. However, this podcast... It's not about me and Matthew. The sole purpose <laughs> is for you to be liked by the general public. You know I, I, reckon, I reckon 23% of them might, you know. Uh, you know it's trebled. You know what, Matthew? <laughs> <laughs> you know Matthew? Here's a, Fred, here, 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 here. He's on the ropes already, Matthew. He's a legend. You know, myself and Freddie went to the fantastic um, One Love Manchester concert last night with yeah. all those fantastic performers turned out. The crowd was amazing. And it was beautiful, and the amount of money raised for the victim. Hopefully, it goes into its millions, and it was brilliant. Um, but Freddie, you know, at the end, you know, when when the floodlights went on, when the concert finished, you know, he had his Giacomo gear on before that. You know, he was just there, cool. And as soon as everybody started flooding out, we were in um, in, in some seats, and the floodlights were on, and everybody could see us. Right. So what Freddie on that point, when everybody's walking out. You know, he thought, right, you know, everybody's looking up the box. He went to, he went and put his I Love Manchester t-shirt on and stood there like, and he was waving to me. And they were all saying, Freddie, Freddie was like, ah. it was embarrassing. Rob, Rob, was, Rob was on the balcony as well, but not one, no, <laughs> not one. No, did but, anyone notice? No, not at all, no. Not well, at all, but I, I've, I've, the concert last night, unbelievable to was see. It, was it great? Oh, to see yeah. that at Old Trafford at the cricket ground, all these people flying, was was, it was unbelievable. Not all the music's going to be to your taste, but it was more the atmosphere. And yeah. But it was, a, it was a little bit strange, though, in the fact that I wasn't sure if I was meant to really enjoy it as much as I did because of the reasons the concert yeah. took place. It was something which you didn't want to go to because of the horrific events, yeah. the reason the concert happened. Yeah. But then when it did, it was just, it was an amazing, amazing occasion. It was emotional, it was entertaining, it was fun, it was everything all at once. Really? It, was a, it was a real mix of X, wasn't it? Bieber turned up. Bieber, yeah, he was brilliant. He was just got his guitar and strummed and oh, he was good. Ariana Grande was was like the the highlight. Yeah, it? it was. I thought I thought Coldplay were brilliant as well. 
Liam yeah. Gallagher. Liam Gallagher, yeah. Gallagher yeah, what, yeah, what a turn. He's a bit of a whopper, him, though, isn't he? Let's be honest. He's a bit of a whopper. <laughs> hey, come on. You said it yourself. I don't don't, say don't, clam, up, don't <laughs> clam up. You said I like no. Damn, damn. Um, on the week itself. Yeah. Um, Oh, you I'm changed not, the subject I'm not, very quickly. I'm not, I'm not, I'm let's sure. get your definitive judgment on Liam Gallagher. Is he? I don't know the bloke. I don't know the bloke. I don't know the bloke. I don't know the And what you saw last night? I thought he was um, sunshine. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he sings, isn't he? Anyway, did they, did they do the the classics? Come a bit of an anthem, hasn't it? Over the last week, um, don't look back in anger. Coldplay sung that. Chris, what is called? Martin. Yeah, he well, sang that. Did he? Um, but on the week itself, I was at the Champions League final, Matthew. What were you doing there? Well, uh, I didn't see you on telly. What were you doing? Serving the drinks. (laughs) Was you a runner? Was you a runner for (laughs) for Stephen Gerrard and Real (laughs) Where was you? I didn't see you on the telly. I saw you kept sending all these tweets as if to say, I am here. I am here. I'm here. I'm taking volleys. I'm trying to replicate Steve McManaman's volley in a final. I am here, lads. I'm here. Yeah, I was there, Freddie. <laughs> Did you get on the telly? No, I was there. <laughs> I, I got on social media um, and Instagram. Um, what, just I, your own or I was there people's for, feeds? I was on people's feeds. I was on my own feed. Um, I was there That's because... That's hurt, though, right? You're out there. Listen, you didn't get on the telly. Sometime. I'm never quite sure these days whether you've got embarrassed <laughs> or it's fake time. <laughs> what is it, Rob? Because you, you are a bit used. <laughs> Sometimes, Matthew, sometimes in life, you have to hold your hands up and say, do you know what, for the Champions League fan, I understand if it's Gary Lineker, Stephen Jarrett, Rio Ferdinand. You've got to hold your hands up and say, do you know what, I, I get that. Yeah, you took it that. on the chin. Yeah. No, you take it on the chin and you want to get better, you want to improve. And, you know, everybody else saw you saying, when I was tweeting out, I'm at the Champions League fan, what are you, what are you doing there? I've, and there was a random people saying, I've played as many games as you in the Champions League. Robbie, why are you then? That's a fair point, Matthew. So I was there. Um, but it. yeah, enjoyed it. Well, you know, Millennium Stadium with the roof closed, fantastic. It's an amazing stadium. That I, I went, I saw Liverpool, Birmingham, one of the cup finals years ago. Though amazing, amazing. What, what else have you done this week? Uh, me, I don't really know. Do you know what? On Friday, I, I did a do on Friday at Northern Cricket Club. They're raising money for the Manchester Fund, so I, I said a few words. But it was on the way home, and I nearly got myself into trouble on the way home. There was nearly a scandal. Right, bear with me. I'm, I'm driving. Uh, yeah. I'm driving. We do, it, we do every week. <laughs> yeah, but I'm, I'm driving home. It's half eleven, quarter to twelve. Uh, I'm coming off the motorway, and I'm desperate for a wee. I am desperate for a wee, and oh. I'm, I'm not. I'm not even talking like I just need one. <laughs> this is like it's it's halfway in it. It's coming out soon, and I knew at the roundabout if I turn left, it's quiet. Mm-hmm. Right, and there's a gate at the top. So I thought, what I'll do is I'll turn left here. I'll go have a quick wee, get in my car, and go on. So I've gone up this thing and there's a gate at the end. I've got up, jumped out of my car, I forgot to turn my lights off and I'm just having a wee against the gate, right? I'm not advocating this, but I was really desperate. So I'm doing it and I'm just looking around, making sure nobody's about. Oh my word, Matthew. Oh my word. No. In the car park, 50 metres away, it's a doggin' hot spot. Right? <laughs> right? It's a doggers' hot You're spot. Kidding. It's a doggers' paradise. So I turn round. There's about ten cars in the thing, all with the lights flashing and all sorts. So I'm looking round. I'm trying to get this wee out as fast as possible. My number plate is quite recognisable. So I'm thinking, I'm gonna, I'm gonna end up Stan Collymore here. I'm gonna, end, I'm gonna end up, I'm gonna end up being papers for being a dog. I'm not a dog. I'm just having a wee. And I jumped in my car and sped off because they're outside each other. 
there's cars so, like, all so, sorts. So this is basically an extravagant excuse. Someone saw you at this old like and you went for yeah. a wee. You to be fair, and his, his number well, is quite recognisable because he's one of those <laughs> where he's tried to make it look like his name. It's like F. I can. Can I? I told him, Mrs. It was a present. I'm not. I, I'm not. <laughs> oh. I'm not going to say what the number plays, but it's like F. You're not going to say, but you're going to no. guess the letters. Yeah, he's going to give all the letters and the numbers in it. It's like F. Untuff. Mm, <laughs> <laughs> he's made to try and make it look like his name. Well, instead of buying a proper one. Uh, well, yeah, I, I, I thought I was going to get a scandal. I thought this is this is just going to go completely wrong. They're all right. out hanging well, around it cars. It reminds me, of, have you seen the film Something About Mary? Yes. When he pulls off with the hitchhiker. Wait, what? Bro, what? He, 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 pulls off, <laughs> he pulls off the road. And then he ends up in what looks like a similar scenario to what you found yourself yeah. in. What have you well, done? <laughs> Nothing like, quite as interesting. Uh, I, I've been in Oxford. The week. Oh my God, um, Get I, yeah, okay. Should we, should we just leave that? <laughs> <next time? laughs> um, doing a bit of research uh, for my next book. Oh, we've got another uh, book coming out. Oh. Yeah. So I'll be promoting that if we ever go past our 20 the show. That will be discussed. Do you know what? What's it about? Can you see it? I can't. It's about, I think the title, provisional title, is How Teams Win. And it's well, how do you think of that? How do you think of that? Fucking hell. Is that a pop-up book? What is it? How team is it? Fucking hell, Matthew. Say, you've been hanging around with Savage too long. Hey, well, you, you can know, do a follow-up. How teams you, lose. Do you know, Fucking hell. So you're going to Oxford, away from the family for a week? It's been quite an intense uh, week, but I really love being there. You know, how teams win? Yeah. Have, you, have you signed an exclusive with Ladybird? <laughs> oh, can you write for anyone? No, really. <laughs> it's a title. You don't write that title. Mm. Well, you know what? If it is what it is, isn't it? How do you win? But they score more goals in that position, don't they? Yeah, the better. Yeah. Book over. But saying that, Matthew, just a quick to finish on that. My little boy, Freddie, who's 10, we've we done something in the house the other day. I've told, I, I rung Matthew in the week, Fred, I told him this, and um, my little boy done something, and he said to Charlie, my eldest, he went, Little bit of back black box linking there, Charlie. Oh, yeah, like it. Yeah, like it. Yeah, there you go. Okay, topic number one. After Cristiano Ronaldo scored twice in his third Champions League final, I want to talk about the psychology of the big match, having a big game mentality. Why do some stars rise on the occasion? What is it like to play in a big final or a decisive match? How do different managers handle the build-up to that crucial moment? Ronaldo, to me... Can I do you know Ronaldo? Yeah. What's the connection, Matthew? With big match. Well, no, everyone you speak about, you either know them, you've met them, you love them, <laughs> you're trying to get an interview off yeah, them. Point, What's the connection with you and Ronaldo? There's got to be one. I've yeah. seen through this, Matthew. I've been okay. watching you now. I've listened to you. <laughs> you've interviewed him? I, I have interviewed oh! Ronaldo. Oh, <laughs> he's after another one to follow up, isn't he? Well, I've got to tell it's, you... He's going to be gushing now, isn't he? But I, I, I don't know what your thoughts were on Ronaldo. Um... Five ten years ago, I mean, people said that at Manchester United he was talented, but he didn't really contribute. He wasn't a substantive contributor to what United achieved. A bit like Nani, people said he didn't work hard enough on the training pitch. After Rooney got sent off and he winked at the bench, people said he was a disreputable human being. I think what we've seen through the arc of his career is a magnificent, talented sports person, but who also has an incredible work ethic. Trained. I mean, this is one of the things he said in this brilliant interview oh, I did way. with him in Madrid. He would stay after training for an hour, an hour and a half every day at Carrington and practice kicking the ball, 
with his laces, so Brilliant. he could develop that trade. Well, no shoes on, just his laces. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? When he used yeah. to kick it with the front of the boot to make it swerve through the air. So he's got this incredible work ethic. But when it comes to the big match, and we were talking about this before we came on air, Fred, what Ronaldo, in my opinion, does when he gets onto that onto the pitch for a Champions League final, he's not thinking, what if it goes wrong? How could my reputation be harmed? He's thinking, how can I do something spectacular, outrageous, brilliant? He's thinking about the positives, and that's why he elevates his game. He's got a positive psychology, and I think that is one of the distinctive features of the great performers under pressure. And you were saying, for you, uh, during the Ashes, you loved those big occasions. Yeah, I, I, I'm not even going to start to put myself in the same category as Ronaldo because, you know... Think what you want of him. I, I wouldn't want to get stuck in a lift with Ronaldo. Let's put it that way. But you, you look at him. You wouldn't want to get stuck in a lift with Robbie. Oh, you know, not, have... not last week. <laughs> right? But you look at him, and he's an amazing player. The only the only thing which I I really enjoyed as a player was it, playing against. No disrespect to Bangladesh at the time, yep. just does not excite me. I want to try my best, but there was something I think subconsciously holding me back a little bit yep. because I, it wasn't the most taxing when when. When you play against the best teams in the world on the biggest stage, that was all the reasons that you wanted to play for me cricket as a kid, to have them chances to be involved in that game. Was there ever any self-doubt at all? Every time. Every time. I enjoyed Mm self-doubt. I really did. And whether this you as a psychologist and all that, analysing it, I asked myself questions all the time of myself. I wasn't bothered about the questions which I asked. I was more bothered about the answer. Yeah. It was fine. I'll, I'll, I'll be fine. I love being in positions, situations, where I'm not absolutely 100% yeah. sure I'm going to get through them. Yep. So you look at some of the stuff I've since retiring or some of the games I performed in as a cricketer. Each time, before I've gone out there, I've questioned myself thinking, you're going to get found out today. Today could be the day we're not going to get through this. But then, as soon as I ask myself that question, that's when I that's when you kick in. That's when no, come on, this is this is why we're having it. Not when you're three hundred for two going into bat yeah. against Zimbabwe. What about the final you come back for 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 Lang? Oh man, that that is that is the one thing in my career. I came back, played a few twenty twenty games for Lancashire a few years ago, and I was questioning everything about that day because. I couldn't bowl as fast as I wanted. I couldn't bowl, move as well as I wanted. And this is because of the injuries, legacy yeah. of the injuries. I'd also told a few porkies about how much I'd been practising. I'd not <laughs> I'd been around the country with my chip van. Uh, <laughs> and somehow I've found myself, 2020's day, playing for Lancashire in the final. They've had an injury and I'm playing. And then part of me was thinking, yeah, what is this? And then part of me thinking, I'm not up to it. I don't know. Yeah. And this was a different one where in the past, I had fitness, I had form, I had backing everything up. On this day, I had nothing to back it up with. And I was stood at the end of my mark with the ball in my hand, about to bowl the first ball, not knowing one. Where's it going to go? I I had an idea where it was going to go, but I didn't know what ball I wanted to bowl. Mm -hmm. I didn't know how fast it was going to come out my hand. I didn't know if my knee was going to work as I ran into ball. There was all these things going through my head. And luckily, I got a wicket first ball. got Ian Bell. He played a shot, and it was slower than he thought, so he chipped it up in the air and caught. I then bowled, at the end of my second over, the worst ball I've ever bowled in my life. It was a waist-high full toss that got it for six. Free it, the free it went for six. 14 off one ball. And then we went into bat, 
And the game was over and hit a couple of sixes and got us back into the game to win it. And I'm thinking, for the first time since 2009, I was alive and on a sports field. I was comfortable. I was at home. I had a bat in my hand. I was yep. looking around the ground thinking, this is where I'm meant to be. Forget everything else. Yep. This is what I do. And I'm thinking I had five balls to get 14 runs off Chris Walks. And I can play every ball through in my mind now. And I hit one up to wide mid-off, got two, and, and another two. Then I hit a one I couldn't get back. for the. And I've played this through in my mind so many times since, and I'm so pleased you brought it up because I'm going to go through it again tonight. Because <laughs> when I shut my eyes, out of all the games I've played in my career, the one which is outstanding, not the 5 nil losses England captain, the 2020 final for Lancashire, I should have won that game for him. I got us back in it. I should have won it for him. And I didn't. And I hate myself for it. <laughs> I remember watching it on TV and he was like so close. You couldn't get back, could you? But it was the first time in years. It was the first time in years that I felt all of a sudden, bowling not so much, but when I was batting, I was so nervous for my first ball. I was going to play a forward defence into the offside wherever the ball was pitched. I decided I'm going to get off mark, get down the other end. So I got one. I was batting with a lad called Jordan Clark. I said, we need a few runs here. And I tried to pass the book, right? This is where I was. And I said, Jordan, I'll push one, you hit the sixes. And he just turned around and he says, hang on a minute. You're Freddie Flint. You're yeah. hit the sixes. You're yeah. Freddie Flint. Right, the next one for six. Um, <laughs> well, well done, Fred. But then well as, done, as, soon as, I did, as soon as I did that, all of a sudden, I, all them old feelings, all that, I was looking around the cricket ground, not as a spectator, yeah. not as a fan. I'm a player again, yeah. and this is where I want to be. Yeah. This is what I've loved. This is what I missed, and I couldn't bring us home. Mm. I hate myself, you know, Robbie. I, I don't know what you felt listening to that, but when I was thinking about this subject on the train up today, I started thinking about a final that I played in in table tennis, Commonwealth Men's Singles yep. Final in Glasgow uh, in 1997. You British number one. Oh, do you know, did, I tell you, I was number one for 10 years. <laughs> did that crop up at all? Uh, playing Alan Cook. Oh, cookie. Cookie. And cookie. This is cookie. 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 Oh. cookie. 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 Good backhand. Oh, man. Better forehand. Oh, big forehand right. smash. And it got to 20. So best of five up to 21. Got to 20 all in the fifth. And you know you were describing shot by shot what happened. I know exactly what was happening, what I was feeling, what I was thinking. Serve pushed wide to the forehand, topspin to my forehand. I sliced down the line to the backhand, stepped forward and made a topspin winner. Then I did it again to win. And that feeling on the biggest stage, performing in the way you want to perform, it's the most extraordinary and beautiful and wonderful oh. and uplifting experience. And you don't get that away but, from that stage. And it's got, Freddie, it's got to be the biggest stage. For me, that was the Commonwealth. So I was never going to win the Olympics. But I've got to tell you, just reliving it in my mind and listening to you there, it's powerful. And do you know what makes it even worse? It's when you lose the capacity to deliver on the big stage. And that's what happened to me in my, as I've said on the podcast before, suddenly lost my nerve in my late 20s, early 30s. I'll be on the big stage. And instead of thinking, this is me, this is where I want to be, this is my life, I was thinking, oh my God, what if I lose? Did you put that voice on? <laughs> 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 What was that voice? <laughs> <laughs> that? Negative voice. Yeah, yeah, exactly. What if I lose? Should we, should we skip past me in the big go game? On, then? No, come on. <laughs> You've been on both sides of yeah, this. Yeah. I, I'd imagine, right, you... I, I, I know you, you play it down and we all have a little laugh and a joke about it. But I... <laughs> a little Do you know, like, you know people and you look at sports people and you look at people in your side 
and you do it in a dressing room on the big occasions. And I knew the ones who were going to make excuses. I knew the ones who were going to shrink. I knew the ones who are not going to do anything. And I know the ones, and you look at them in the dressing room. KP, right, for all these, whatever you think, on the big occasion, yeah. you just watched him grow in the up. dressing room. You're like, here we go. Marcus Trescothic. Yep. Wow, quietly yep. but grew. Yep. Steve Armisen. But you, you, I'd imagine, in a dressing room, on the big occasion, you're the one who's, come on, we're having this. Yeah, I, I would like to think now. That's why... I wasn't Cap- sure what the punchline oh, was going to uh, be. Yeah. I thought about yeah, one, yeah, but yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I was committed. <laughs> no, I thought that was just cruel. Show me a bit of love there. Show me a bit of love yeah. Yeah. First time, let's make a load of it. Yeah, you know, so the two cup finals I played in um, was we lost one against Spurs when I got the headlines for the wrong reasons when Justin Edwards sent off. I was at fault. You know, I... I, I he clipped me. I went down too easy. Yep. He was showing a red card. Then Alan Nielsen scored in the last minute. They won the trophy. All the headlines were Spurs won it, but I was the bad person. I was the pantomime villain because I was the guy who got him sent off. And in an end, I think the neutral probably wanted Spurs to win because of my actions. So I was solo after that yeah. game. And um, But when we won it, the funny thing is, you know, when you make a mistake in a cup final and you lose the game, that mistake is highlighted massively, isn't it? Because it's, it's on the it's at Wembley, it's on the, on a big stage, and people can have a go at the League Cup or the Wellington Cup, you know, as much yeah. as they can. Saying that's the only one trophy I've won, but I take it as how many professional players who've who've made a living out of football have actually won a significant trophy at Wembley? What would the percentage well, be? The thing is, Rob, I'll be honest with you, you don't need to defend it. It's, no, it's what, an amazing achievement. Yeah. What would the percentage what, what, be? What, what is it? What was it like for you? Turning up for them finals. What what was you like? Yeah, How did incredible. it make you feel? Talk yeah. us through getting up in the morning, yeah. going into a final. So it was the week really leading up to it because Leicester City, Martin O'Neill, we had a very good side. They'd won the um, the League Cup against Middlesbrough in a, in a replay. I think it was Stevie Claridge who scored the goal at, um, in a replay against Middlesbrough. Anyway, they won the trophy. They were in Europe. And then two years later, we played Spurs. Um, and the week, the first thing is, the week's different because some weeks you'll do pattern of play leading up to a league game. You'll do what? Pattern of play. So the manager might pick the team on a Tuesday. You'll work on that side to you know to get shape right. Uh-huh. But leading up to a cup, finally, I think he wanted to keep everybody on his toes uh-huh. so you wouldn't know you're playing. You know, and I, I think we played Barnsley the game before, and I didn't have a great game. So I was thinking, am I going to pl- be playing that week? So. You're looking for little incentives. You're looking for little clues what the manager's doing. And if you're not in one position and somebody else is thinking, oh, you go, I was going on thinking, I'm not going to be playing. I'm not going to be playing. And it's the nerves yeah. are there all week to think, am I going to be playing? And then Martin took us to um, to London two days before the final. We went to a show. On... By the way, were people trying harder in training to catch the manager? Yeah, was, think, was there an intensity? I, yeah, because that... yeah, you want to be in that team. You want to be in that team at Wembley because you can pick every boy growing up um, wants to be play at Wembley in the cup final. Yeah, they do that, and that is the dream. No matter what cup final is, and people can have a go at the league, but well, it's no, a cup no, final. No matter what sport, yeah, or yeah. background you're from, you would love to play in a cup final yeah. at Wembley. I'm not a massive yeah. football fan, yeah. but I would love to play in a final so, at Wembley. So we went to a show. I can't remember what the show was. Um, what a theatre show! A theatre show. We all went down together. A bit of bonding. The theatre show. Went, went um, over your head, did it? You go and watch Freddie soon. Um, <laughs> um, um, <laughs> um, so we do that. We stay in. I think it was Burnham Beaches, a famous cup final hotel. I, I can't remember exactly. I think that was the one. And then the morning of the cup final. 
So you've had your suits. You've all got your suits yeah. ready. You've got your um, everything's ready to go. You've had a, a, a nervous night's sleep because you don't know what the team's going to do. Was you a sleeper or not? Yeah, a good sleeper. Yeah, a good sleeper. Yeah. Um, used to talk to myself quite a lot. Um, <laughs> like what sort of stuff? Oh, no, I used to talk to myself to say myself like sleep. Oh, just... <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were giving yourself a pep talk. I was giving you too much yeah, credit yeah, there. Yeah. yeah. So you'd go, you'd go, you'd go <laughs> down. You'd go down. Yeah. No. You'd go down. <laughs> Let me finish this story. So you, you is it just one subject this week? <laughs> so you go downstairs. Are you going to tell us a ninety Let minutes? Let me finish. Second by second. <laughs> you want to? You want the story? So listen. You be there waiting for the team. He announces the team. You're in the team. Yeah. Your heart starts racing. Right. Then you get on the bus and the pictures of. I used to watch Grandstand and the bus going to Wembley, all the fans lying in the streets. And I've got to say, when you sit on the bus, you're looking out the window and there's Leicester fans, flags wave. It's it's amazing, the most amazing experience ever. The bus ride. Then you that walk from behind the goal, you know, the old Wembley. Yeah. And we were the Leicester end. And as soon as you walk out, the noise is incredible. And then for me, it was just like another game. No, nerves? Are you nervous? Yeah. Leading up to it, but as soon as you cross that white line, it was another game. It was another game. You could shut out the yeah. significance of another game for me. Focusing on what was going. Yeah, on. another game, and we lost that particular cup final, and I made the, the mistake of getting Edinburgh sent off. But the following year, we beat Tranmere mm-hmm. as a winner, and the the difference is we had a party when the, we had a party organised, win or lose in both finals. So the the different thing is when we lost against Spurs, the party, all your family's there. It's like you've lost and it's a party and you don't really want to celebrate. When you win, the party's on, all your family there, the champagne's flowing, you're dancing, yeah. you're messing about. It's it's the difference between winning and losing a cup final is incredible. Yeah. You guys played in the team dynamic. M- mine was more individual, but could you tell, I mean, you sort of alluded to it already, Fred. Could you tell, looking at people in the dressing room, you knew someone was going to step up. Could you tell if the chemistry was right and could you do anything to sort of mitigate the nerves of those who looked as if they might crumble? You, you tried, but you, you look around the dressing room. The nice thing about cricket is it's probably a halfway house between the two sports because yeah. yours is a team game, yours is individual. Yeah. Cricket's very much a bit of both. Yeah. Because yeah. you're batting or you're bowling. Mm-hmm. But you, you would, you'd look around the dressing room. And I, I remember you used to go in on the big games and I used to have this, like, smile on my face. I don't know if it was a nervous smile, it was excitement. I used to yeah. love it. And all the way I was asking myself, I was playing through what could go right, what could go wrong. And it was a real tussle, a real tug of war. Yeah. But then when I got into the dressing room, it was, right, that's it now. Because everyone, in some ways, don't need to know what's going on inside my body. What they want to see is what I'm putting out. Yep. So I'd be very conscious of that. But then I'd look around the dressing room at some of the lads and you'd see them. You know, they'd be there practising shots and then, then they'd be... Oh, A bit fidgety oh, and really, nervy. Really fidgety. And in, in the big games, especially when you, you're going out to bat, because it's just you, you walk down them stairs and every scenario is going through your mind. What if I get a Jaffa first ball? What if I get out first ball? What if, what if about this, that? And then you're telling yourself, don't worry about them. Just concentrate on what you're doing. But in the big games, what I'd do is I'd take a risk early doors. I would take a risk if I was batting. That's the opposite of most people under pressure. You would actually go I'd, for I'd, some... I'd take a risk because I wanted to get involved. I wanted to, I wanted to force myself 
on that game. Yep. I wanted to play a shot early doors. I, as a batsman, I always wanted to score a boundary early to settle mm. every, me down, yep. to get the crowd going. I yep. used to love the crowd when they're up. It brought the best out in me. Um, so Probably sent a message to the fielding yeah, team too. First bad ball I got, I'm having it. Yep. I'm, I'm going for it. And consequences, don't worry about them. I'll have it. But the one thing which did happen, do you know what? As the closer I got out to the middle... And then the closer you got into the centre of the pitch, it was brilliant because whatever was happening in your life, off the field, whether it's good, whether it's yep. bad, yep. whether you've got a bill you've not paid or you've got a parking ticket or the missus is giving we, you well, aggro. Well, or you've been caught dogging. Or I've been weeing near a dogging site again. <laughs> um, whatever it may be, everything just stops. Yeah. yeah. And because it's a big game... Yeah. Whether you're chasing runs or you're trying to set a total, always on your mind is that. That's all you're thinking about yeah. until you're out and then you're back in the dressing room. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then when you're bowling, I remember in India, we, we drew a one-day game to level a series and I was bowling the last over. And I took my top off at the end of it, which was like a reaction to it. And we needed wickets. And Goffey, who was brilliant under pressure, was not mid-off. And he was like my soundboard because he was the experienced player. He bowled the previous over and kept us in the game, and I had to bowl this last over, and I was just asking him, just checking with him every time, yeah. saying, Goffey, what's our ball? Like Stump Yorker. He said, you know what to bowl, just bowl it. But I was just bouncing it off yeah. Goffey. And do you know what? In them big moments in like that, I used to run up with a ball in my hand, and it wasn't, I wasn't bowling to try and bowl Yorker. Mm-hmm. I was bowling a Yorker. Yeah. It was, I was running into ball. You knew. I just knew that I'm, I'm just born a Yorker here. I'm just going to not... And it wasn't like I'm going to ball a Yorker. I'm just going to hit leg stump. It's not a case of where it's going to go. I know exactly what I'm going to do. Yeah. Because you get that tunnel vision. Yeah. Everything. Just focus on that one thing. I'm it's just, brilliant. You, but you, against, some, against some teams, it never happens. Yeah, right? you know, but the way you, you, you put it so brilliantly. You know, I mean, just listening to you, it sort of hits me in the stomach. That, that sense of complete timelessness when you're out there. And when you're in the zone. You know what's going to happen. You know what your opponent's going to do. You know how you're going to react to it. It just is all mapped out in your mind. And I think the difference is you were capable of getting into that place so often on the big occasion. I think I got I found that more and more difficult as I went along. You know, you were saying, Robbie, you had routines in the build-up to, to big matches. I would always go out after doing the warm-up. I'd go onto the table that I was playing on with do 15 minutes just to get a feel for the light and the floor and the bounce. Then I'd go into the, like either a dressing room or a toilet or somewhere completely on my own, look in the mirror and say... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you, you lost a lot of games then. Who's <laughs> 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 that? <laughs> Oh, there's more falling out. Oh, no, where is it? Oh, it's... It's coming coming off from all angles. (laughs) (laughs) And I would say, I'd look in the mirror and I'd say, you know what, you can do this. You can do this. And I'd start, in my own mind, I'd be going through the shots and the the matches where I played to the top of my ability and I'd visualise it vividly and graphically. And that would give me the confidence when I went out to play. Did what, Robbie, what was, did you have any, any ways of getting into that, that zone? No. Did you look at the I mirror? Look, I looked at the mirror and went, oh, wow. What about going in the big game, early no, on? The Freddie big... was saying you'd take a risk. The... Would you go in with a hard challenge to make sure yeah, that they knew you were in the got game? got myself going. But the big games for me, you know, people talk about cup finals, but the big games for, for me, Matthew and, and Fred, where, where I was trying to keep 
maybe the the kit man or the the chef or the people at the training ground, their jobs. That was big games for me because I was signed by Birmingham to keep Birmingham in the Premier League. Yeah. So when you're struggling in the bottom of the Premier Quite League, point, yeah. in terms of you, you might need t- two wins from the last four games. And then when you walk into the training ground, you're thinking he's one of our best signings. He's played Premier League at Birmingham. We've bought him to keep us in the Premier League. So you're going into training every day looking at the the people who you've built bonds with, thinking, I need to do everything I can on this specific day to get a win to keep these some of these people in a job. Yeah. And that you talk about big games, cup finals, but for me, most of my career was built on I I took it upon myself to try and keep the people who have been at these clubs for yep. years, you know, people, the unsung heroes, the yep. backroom staff, their yep. jobs. Brilliant. And I remember at Blackburn, I was Mark yep. Hughes bought me in the January for Blackburn, and big moments, big games. Crystal Palace, we were fighting for relegation. Blackburn were in the bottom three, I think, when Sparky took over. I put a free kick in, we scored from the free kick, we stayed up. Yep. So big moments in big games where you don't want to disappoint people and keep people their jobs. And for me, that the sense of Satisfactoriness is that the word? <laughs> it's, it's not Robin. No, no. It's definitely not the word. It's a good effort. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> but I can tell you, it's not long. right. It's not <laughs> right. That's the word. <laughs> That's what I was looking for. Satisfactoriness. <laughs> um, but the sense. What can of you sa- not get? No what? <laughs> Satisfaction. There you that story's going so well as well, isn't it? but that's what it's like, Matthew. So for me, for me as a player who was captain for Premier League sides, was keeping the 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 people who nobody would know these people. The football club's been there for years. Keeping these people yeah. in a job. If you get relegated, yeah. jobs might be cut. And yeah. you know, the, probably the biggest goal I, I I set up was Blackburn to go into Europe under Mark Hughes. Played Chelsea at home. If we won, we'd finish in sixth place, the highest place I ever finished in the Premier League. That would guarantee Europa League football. Put a free kick in. Stephen Reid claims he touched it. Still don't think he did, but it went down as his goal. We won 1-0, qualified for Europe. So in the big moments, in big games... That's powerful, that. Powerful. Did, but for me... It was not just about you. It's about a wider and, and group. Fred knows now, and that's why I'm like. I like to look after yeah. other people. And when you're bought as the big signing, Mark Hughes is one of his first big signings. Birmingham, Steve Bruce to keep them in the Premier League. Yeah. And on the reverse of that, when I signed for Derby, they were bottom of the table, went down with the lowest ever points, 11. I was signed in January to try and keep them up. Yeah. Failed miserably. I was pathetic. I was hopeless. Things conspired, you know, against you... us. And we were poor. But I was like, I felt then, made. imagine that, Fred. You go into a football club, you're not in the clique, you're not in the group. People have got a wrong perception of you. They've played against you. I was a bit of an idiot verbally on the pitch. Rub people up the wrong way. Then you go in first day and, and the gaffer makes you captain straight away. Mm. Wow, the pressure on you straight away. You don't keep that side up. I mean, you think you feel a bit embarrassed thinking he was brought in to keep us up. It, he's he, failed miserably. Yeah. You feel so, so the responsibility of having the unsung heroes. Yeah. That works that was both, for me. Like, yeah, both me. ways. Yeah. Okay, just to finish it off, why don't we all come up with the one person in any sport who would most want to be performing for you? If your life was on the line on the big day and the person you would least like to be performing for yeah. you on the big day. For the for the one I'd most like to be performing on the big day for me, without doubt, Andres Iniesta. Man of the Match Awards in the 2010 World Cup Final, 2012 European Championship Final, 2015 Champions League Final. Great player. He always stepped up when it really mattered. 
The, right. the only person I would have representing me on the biggest stage is me. Good. I would have nobody else. Yeah. Good one. Robbie? Not, not because I'm... Bob, Robbie's trying to think of another thought, really that, original no, no, way I mean, of taking no, because, this question. Yeah, because, one, yeah. I wouldn't want to put the burden on someone, yeah, but also, I'll back myself. Yeah, but if you didn't, it's a good question. Who would you if it wasn't you? But uh-huh. if, if you had to yeah. nominate someone, if, if you know, that was a quite a simple question, Matthew. I thought it was a quite a simple, easy question. <laughs> I'd have him. Like I'd have him. Oh, would you, would I would have you. Huh? Me? Yeah. I'd have you. Oh, thanks. Definitely, because you know, we 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 have a laugh about it. The one thing that he said on this podcast, he got every ounce of his ability out yep. of him. He hard work. Yep. He performed on the big games. And I reckon he'd curve as well if it's my life. Yeah, well, yeah. I reckon he'd go the extra yard, so I'd have, oh, I'd have him. Okay. That's, a, that's, that's a, a huge compliment, Robbie. Um, You're not allowed, okay. I'm just barring you. Who would I have, Fred. Matthew? Um, Which footballer? Let's go for a footballer you think had that big match mentality. I'm going to say Roy Keane. Mm. Roy Keane. You know, you'd think of that goal against you. Juventus. You know, 99. the leader, the captain. Yep. You know... I would say that was an unbelievable performance. Yeah, Roy Keane, you know, tenacity, leadership qualities, hard as nails, you know, respect. People have the respect for him. I would say Roy Keane. If I if I had to pick a cricketer, yep. yeah, I would pick Marcus Truscothic. Do you know? I love the fact you say that. I think he's so yeah. unsung as, as a player. Best I ever played he was with. A brilliant really? player, but he also. Karen, yep. Just ultimate team man. Yep. Very unassuming. Yep. Didn't shout and scream. Mm-hmm. Even when he smashed the ball to all parts, mm. it was almost apologetically. Yeah. But the best I ever played with, I'd have him every day of the week. Brilliant. Love oh. that. But the least, Matthew? The least. It's a toss up for me. Two people who were fantastically talented, but whenever they got into a winning position, when it really mattered, almost every time they blew it. And you could see it in their eyes. Jimmy White. Lost six World yeah. Snooker Championship finals. He was leading 14 8 against Stephen Hendry in one, and he lost 18 14. The other, Greg Norman. What a golfer. The great white shark. Fantastic guy. He did win two majors, but the amount of times he led going into the final round of major competitions, most memorably, Nick Faldo. I think he was leading by six shots going into the final round of the Masters, lost by seven. Just couldn't grip the club properly, even though he had all the talent in the world. Fred? Cricketer who was a bottler. A cricketer? Yeah, hang on, hang on. Why has he got to pick a cricketer? You haven't picked a table tennis player who was a bottler. Well, okay. There's got to be a no is. Yeah, oh, fair point. <laughs> Mine is a bit two ways. Mm-hmm. When years ago, I would have picked Ian Bell. Yeah. Ian Bell. Yep. He was one of the most nervy yep. cricketers I've ever played with. So much ability, but just so nervy. And when he came into the side, yeah, he turned it around towards the end. Yeah, he, he, he was brilliant. Um, Ian Bell. Yeah, like that. Another sportsman, Cavendish. Ooh. Cavendish. Yeah. Didn't win Olympic gold, mm-hmm. bottled it in the Olympics. Yep. On the big stage. Yep. He's won a few stages at Tour de France, but who cares? Yeah. It's like a boxer winning a round and losing the fight. <laughs> I'll go. I'll go. Win the whole thing and off him. I'm going to go for Tim Emman. No, no, not Tim. Yeah. Sorry, Tim. Rob, not Tim. No, it's a we, we, we said, on, we said the other week he got every ounce of his ability. Yeah, he wasn't did. very good, but he, he got everything yeah. out of him. Tim but, Henman is the Robbie Savage. Well, he's better than you've you. Just said, you've Robbie... just said Jimmy White. Yeah. He was. He, he got to seven World Championship finals. Six. You were six, okay. So you would say he was a fantastic world-class snooker player? 
But, but he, didn't win it. But he was better. In Fran- he hasn't got he hasn't got a snooker table named after him. The whirlwind white snooker table. He's got a hill after him, Tim Edmund, <laughs> and he won out. <laughs> so don't give it this big and because no. he's your pal. No, no, no. And on, you were no, interviewing <laughs> Tim Edmund's got a hill at Wimbledon, and he won out. Edmund Hill, exactly. Okay, but hang on. But the point here, isn't it? That no, the point you just made. Are you the kind of person? who can bring your real ability, your real level, onto the big stage? Or do you dip? Henman that played above that, himself. He wasn't that low. He, he, he played above himself on the big stage because he wasn't that great a tennis player. But did he, he bottle to, it? I think he did once, but not on all the other occasions. But Jimmy he's got White bottled it. He's got an hill. <laughs> got an hill. The biggest moments, the biggest yeah. moments when we're all sitting around the telly, we've all watched him when we're done. I lived in a cul-de-sac. When the tennis was on, we used to get a piece of white chalk and we used to draw a, a court on the road. Remember that? Yeah. We used to get the little bat, yeah, yeah. knock the ball over. And I was Tim Edmund yeah. until the semi-final. <laughs> and then I was out. Yeah. I couldn't play anymore. He's got an ill. <laughs> so don't give it all that. Timmy White bottled it with okay. your mate, it's Tim Edmund. It's Tim Edmund. <laughs> there you go. Next subject, please, Matthew. <laughs> BBC Five Live. Come now, well, why was your emergency? 18, 10 feet of street, please. What's wrong? My wife had an accident. She's still breathing. What kind of accident? Still them stairs. Beyond Reasonable Doubt, the programme, the podcast. Coming soon from Five Live. BBC. Radio Five Live. Five Live. Topic number two. This is Freddy's. Yeah. And you oh. want to talk about what are... Our guilty pleasures. And this doesn't have to be sport. This can be anything. Well, the, the, the thing about this is, right, as I've got older, I've found that when I, was, when I was a sportsman, I was very singular in the way in which I thought. It was all about yep. cricket. It was all about everyone thinks like this. And as I've got older, I've been more accepting of things and I've, yep. I've let things come into my life. Mm-hmm. that I wouldn't necessarily. And I think as this podcast goes on, Matthew, and our relationship builds, I want to know a little bit more about you. <laughs> I want to know what you're into. We know you're into books and boring people in speeches. <laughs> but I, I, I want to know, okay. what, what, what would people not know about Matthew? Are you? Well, I'll tell you one guilty pleasure that no-one really knows about. It's not rude, my wife. though. We don't, no, we don't, we don't want to give rude. it to. It isn't rude. Um, if I have a two-hour window... On a given day, and I want to go and do something. I walk out of my house down to Glamour Nails in Richmond. What? And I go upstairs, and then I first of all I get a, a manicure from Jasmine. Then I go downstairs whoa, 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 and in whoa, the basement. Don't, don't, don't just dust over it from Jasmine. We have a manicure. You get your nails done. Mm-hmm. You don't. Not just my not just my nails. Oh. I go downstairs, and then there are these six seats next to each other. And and the fish. women will know this. No, actually, they don't have fish there. But you put oh, your no, feet in the, them fish, in, no. in, in the hot tub, and I get my my. Um, you go in a hot tub. Feet. No, you put your feet in this like hot, really hot water. Unbelievable, almost scaldingly hot, and it softens your toenails. <laughs> get your toenails cut, then you get the bottom of your feet rubbed, then you get a foot massage, then you get some moisturizer. And you, you, there's sort of four or five women down there. You have a natter. You get your back sack and crack done. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> well, I don't know where it's going. I don't, but it's brilliant. You switch off. You were talking about, you know, when you're out there on the field to play, you switch off. You go to Glamour Nails in Richmond. It's fantastic. So are you, are you what is known wow. in the 
portrayed as a metrosexual. Do you know, normally I'm not. I don't. I just happened to be going past this place one day, and I thought, actually, it looks quite sociable. My nails looked a bit dodgy. I was going on holiday to the beach, and my toenails didn't look terribly attractive. Well, well, and I went in there. You come out feeling a million well, dollars. I, I, Brilliant. I, I'm going on holiday to the beach, but my <laughs> toenails don't look that attractive. You do look after yourself. Does he? Well, you say oh, that with surprise, Robbie. You get your nails done. Yeah, manicure, pedicure. You thought about getting your teeth done. <laughs> <laughs> what, an inch off the bottom? <laughs> straightened, I was thinking. <laughs> I did think about getting them straightened, but you'd have to wear a brace. So how, how oh, far... Did, oh, I just didn't fancy it. So how far would you would you take this grooming? Like, would, would, would you get... Botox, well, or you, would you get no, your, would you Josh, get Botox? I'll never, never get anything like that. I'll tell you another thing I sometimes do is, have you ever had a, a wet shave with hot towels? No. Oh, brilliant. So they get out this... this. Um... Why don't you get them to shave your chin, not just your head? <laughs> Take a bit too long, that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's... Well, I've got a few more guilty pleasures, but... Carry, whoa, 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 carry on. Because my, my little boy looked up the other day... Um, Matthew Said, and one of the most Googled thing is, who is the ping pong guy? Seriously. People didn't know who I was. No, but that, that's a mo- one of the most Googled things oh, when what? you type in us. Did you, did you notice uh, Rob Key sending out search oh, items? Rob Key, that, that was fiddled. Fat, that. fat that, that, drunk he person. Fiddled. He, he texted me to tell me he was doing it, Keezy. <laughs> Jog on, what, Bob. What more? Just what a more? quick one. Do yeah. you know a metrosexual like, yeah. like yourself? Mm-hmm. Would would you have your hair done? Like, well, a friend of my wife's had a hair transplant. It's not that pleasant when you have it done. He looks a million dollars now. I, I think if it wasn't as painful, and also there's a risk. Sometimes it doesn't work. Well, we have they, seen they, that. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, wow, I can't believe you had your nails and feet done. Yeah. Why? What, what oh. would you do? Would you take all them hairs out your nose and put them on your head? <laughs> To be fair, you could, could fill two heads with that. That does. It's like a kakadu forest. <laughs> what about okay, you, Rob? Robbie, Rob. come on, mate. Guilty pleasures. Oh, I've got to say. We've only got 10 minutes. I've got to say, my guilty pleasure is. is You've had a stressful day. Yeah. You've had a stressful day. What have you done? What have you done? What, what so makes you stressed? Stressful what, what day. You know, stress? work and you've got, you know, you've got mm. bills and you've got... Gary and um... Steve and Gerard's drinks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, Rio. Sorry, mate. I put two sugars instead of one. Sorry, Rio. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm juice. sorry. You know, you've had a Diet you've, Coke. Had, you've, had, you've had a stressful day. You've, you've you've been out all day. Then you've got you get home. You get home. You pick the kids up from school. Then you've got to take one of your boys to football. You don't get until about nine o'clock. You know, you, you know, because you are the boys of your life. Yeah. Anyway, you get in about nine. You'll have your dinner quite late, mm-hmm. and then you just think need to relax a bit, and then you know you. You you would have like sure what's going on. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, 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 I'm just with the team. <laughs> you right there. I don't know you what's going on here. You'd have get the kids to bed. Oh. You get the kids to bed, and you say to your wife, "Oh, you're not tired, love. Why don't you get yourself upstairs as well? Oh. You know, you get yourself upstairs, and you, she's looking at you a bit quizzical, thinking, <laughs> "All right, love, all right." Anyway, so then quizzical. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> quizzical. Yeah, it's a good word. Good word. It's it is anyway, a good word. Dictionary. But dictionary. I'd working. be slightly concerned if my to, wife looked at me quizzical <laughs> when I'm trying to get a bit fruity. To, to cut a very long. <laughs> Story, Sean. It's boring, yeah? She's in bed. Everybody's in bed. You're in the kitchen. All the doors are closed. Oh, no. And then you go into the 900s on your Sky TV oh. remote. Oh! oh.
That is a guilty is that, pleasure. Is, is that the nature stuff? What? The nature David channels. David I think a bit of discovery for me, I think. <laughs> <laughs> so and then I like, a, you know, the odd 900 flick around about half 11, 12 o'clock whenever he's in bed. Do, do, do you contact him? No, I've never, no, I've never done that. Uh, I've never done that. You're not like that. No, give think... me a ring, Robbie. Give me a ring. <laughs> I, th- I think. Oh, like... is that Robbie again? Oh, Robbie, <laughs> tell us what you want, Robbie. Tell us what you want. Because when you've got an un- <laughs> when you've got an unknown number, what, Robbie, you've got, through, you've got your Leicester kit on. You've got your Leicester kit on, Robbie. Oh, oh, Robbie. Oh, <laughs> got me shimpans on them. <laughs> tell me about the Worthington Cup final. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> You have to listen to them, Robbie. Oh, don't, don't, yeah. don't. Oh. It's not punditry. You know, you know, they talk to you. <laughs> so anyway, that's one of my little guilty pleasures. Uh, Andrew. Classic. Three pound a minute to bore a poor girl. <laughs> so my wife doesn't listen to this podcast. Um, guilty pleasures. Well, I, I, I've got quite a few. I, I must admit, I'm a fan of Little Mix. Of what? Little Mix. Uh-huh. Yeah, I like Justin Bieber. Yep. Um, I've started to get into musical theatre, all these things, which I never do. But the, the one thing which is on a slight tangent to what, but on the lines <laughs> you was on about, uh-huh. I remember a few a few years ago, I had to lose some weight quick. I had to lose because I, I put a bit on and I knew that Wayne Day for England was coming up. So <laughs> I, I researched it. So I thought, you know what I'll do? My mate had mentioned it. Kilonic irrigation. Do you know irrigation? Yeah, irrigation. So there's a clinic in Ail where they do it. So I'm, I phoned my mate Paul. Oh. I said, Paul, where did you go? He said, I went to Ail. I said, right, get your peer to book me in. But don't <laughs> book me in under my own name, right? <laughs> put me up. He said, well, what name do you want? I says, well, Trevor Jesty. Right, Trevor Jesty. It was a batter and an umpire. So I booked in under Trevor Jesty, right? So I've, I've turned up, I've parked my car at Ale Barnes, I've gone in the precincts and I'm sat there and it's probably like the place where you were at. There's these women having their nails done and I'm sat in the waiting room. So I've sat there and then the girl comes out and says, um, Mr. Jesty, are you, are you, are you Mr. Jesty, are you, are, you, are you ready for your treatment? I didn't move. I'm just, I'm just, look, just looking around like that. Some of these women are like looking at me. That's not Jesty. That, that, that's... So they're all looking at me. And then she said, Mr. Jesty, your irrigation. Oh, no. So that's me. So I'm dying. All these women are looking at me, knowing that I'm going in a room to get a pipe stuff up my clacker. So, 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 right? So I've, got, I've, I've gone in the room, right? I've gone in the room and this girl, she was lovely. She says, right, what we're going to do, right? She said, what you need, you lie, lie on the bed and put your knees up. So I've, I've went on the bed and I've put my knees up and then she got this pipe out and plugged it in, right? So she's like, oh, oh. Right? She, she said, how, how do you feel? I said, oh, it's lovely, that. Yeah, really nice. Oh, cracking. Yeah, can we get started? So she then, she then turns the tap on. She says, what will happen is you'll feel the water come in and then tell me when you can't take any more, I'll turn it off and then you'll start rejecting it so I said right fine so she starts turning this water on oh my word it was awful it was awful it's like pumping up and I'm sitting I'm thinking well, how much is acceptable should I be taking two litres should I be taking ten what's the guidelines so she's taking the tap on and I'm taking and my eyes were like swimming so I'm taking, as, I'm taking as much as I can so I said that's enough that's enough that's enough so she turned it off and then there was, she had this, this is, it was disgusting, right? She's got this mirror, like a mirror, one of them ones, like a shaving mirror. 
yeah. she points it down onto the pipe. So the pipe's all frosted, apart from a little <laughs> bit of it, which is clear. So the water's gone up. She's saying, well, we can, you can watch what comes out. So then I've started rejecting and it's, I'm pushing it out and it feels like you're pooing on the bed, but it's not. It's going down the pipe <laughs> and I can see this brown water coming down the pipe. And then she's rubbing me tummy to start and push it out more. <laughs> and she's having a conversation with me as if this is the most normal thing <laughs> in the world. She's asking me. But then she said to me, she said, are you a fast eater? I says, yeah, I really am. I said, I love my food and I chuck it down. She said, you can tell. I says, what do you mean? She said, well, do you have a Sunday lunch this week? I says, yeah. She said, well, there you oh, go. Uh, there's a carrot. Oh, there's a bit of, there's a bit no. of beef as it's coming out. <laughs> I was just dying inside. And then she filled me up again and flushed it out again. Oh, oh it was it was the worst. And I, <laughs> I, um, I, I ran I ran out of place. So embarrassed because I walked past and what 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 do you say to a woman as you're leaving as a way of goodbye who has just plugged a <laughs> pipe up your clacker, <laughs> who's turned water on but and did, then watched it come out and did, give running commentary as did, a, as the carrots come out? Did you lose weight as a consequence of it? Well, did it no, work? because it's... what happened was right. She said, right now you now you've had all that you've had this done. You can remove food. It might have been uh, five six years or so. She said, but now you've got to get some bacteria in your body, so get them actimels. Uh-huh. So I went to the shop and I felt <laughs> dirty. So I, I got about ten actimels and just necked them, got on the scales, nothing. Didn't even work. Nothing. So I, I, I put myself through that. <laughs> but absolutely, it's not a guilty pleasure. There was no pleasure. Really. It was just leading on to Matthews. Well, uh, Sav, anything else? See, guilty pleasure. Some people will say reality TV, but I'm, oh. not, I'm not. I'm not into all this Housewives of you, Beverly Hills and Cheshire and all this. I'm not into Housewives all that. of Cheshire. You, you, yeah. you, that's on in your house. I know that's on in yeah, your my, house. My wife watches it, but I just. I no, it's not for me. It's not for me. All those programs. Yeah, if you had an hour free and you didn't want to have to think, what would you put on the telly just to chill out? Football. Would you? Yeah. Did you really? Yeah, really? Yeah. You yeah. would actually. Would you watch? Matt, take me out. Take me out. Do you watch? Take me out. Likey, likey. What? Oh, Paddy, what? Paddy McGinnis. No lighty, no lighty. That's it. Likey, it's, likey. It's, it's, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. It's just Saturday night. You sit there. My kids love it. You got thirty girls at the front and they stand behind this booth and then a lad comes out usually a bit of a book and he carries on and then the girl if you press your light then you don't like him you're out of it so they're open that there'll be some girls left and he gets to choose his date right. it's absolute genius it, it's, so it shouldn't yeah. work it should be absolutely rubbish so just to say now it's so basic, so so basic blind date yeah. you can actually see yeah, that's coming but, back as well soon is it I love so it oh, it'll be brilliant, oh, yeah. if, you take, brilliant. If, you, if you take us three you come down in a lift and then your doors open and everybody can see you. Freddie would probably have every light left on. I'd oh. probably get half. You'd have every light turned off on, 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 on a bit. So don't go on it. Yeah, but what, the ping see yeah, the but, pong. But what if you, what if you start? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but what, 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 what Myself, <laughs> don't wanna be no what, Fernando for my. What, what, what would happen when he started talking though? Eh? You don't have to really. Oh, okay, you, you well, might be right, it's though. very superficial. <laughs> <laughs> so go on. So I should watch the the dating show. Oh, Saturday, brilliant. Right, that, that's your homework for this week. Okay. Yes. Take me out on Saturday when we turn up next Monday. Yeah. I want you, I just don't want you to tell me what you think. I want you to dissect it. I want a psychological evaluation (laughs) of Take Me Out.
Right, that's my homework sorted for this week. Um, now, topic number three. What are the most undervalued positions in sport and what are the most pointless positions in sport? I think I know what you're driving at here, Robbie. Take it away. Well, I seen you wrote a piece on goalkeepers, Matthew, being undervalued, and it did get yep. me thinking about you know this topic. What me and Freddie were at cricket at the weekend, thing, and you know I was looking at the um, square leg umpire, and I was just thinking, what is the point <laughs> of a square leg umpire in cricket? And people might say, well, you know, runouts, but in in professional cricket now, yep. even if they're ten foot in. They do this motion of like, remember like Shiraz, and they do a TV. <laughs> Go to the TV. Yeah. They, they, it's, they're in by 10 foot, Matthew. Yeah. Yeah. And they have to go. So what is the yeah, point I, of a square leg umpire? But I'm going to defend the square leg umpire. Because you, you just answered your own question yeah. there in some ways. You was at a kids cricket match with yeah. a square leg umpire, yeah. which is it's essential. They need it. Then you've gone to, there was no TV cameras at... The, Brooklyn's on Sunday but morning. Why do they, they need it in? Well, your, your lad Freddie's going to refer to the umpire and the umpire's going to go, pre- oh, let's have a look on the replay on the big than, screen. It's Brooklyn's in, in sale. In pref- we knew they were in or out and we were yeah, miles away. And also, what about in matches which are televised and you do have access to the third umpire? What's the point of a square lug umpire then? They're running the game. Wow, well, well, they're running what? the what game. Do you mean? You've got two umpires and it's not like football where you can just run up to them and shout and scream and abuse them. They don't need referees. They need a super nanny, the footballers. <laughs> Never mind the referee. We've got two umpires. What they say goes. So you've got the umpire. He's just keeping the spirit of the game. He makes the odd decision at square leg. He doesn't have to, but he's out the there. Another point is he actually, other than the run well, out. Where do you want him to go? Where, where, what does he do? Other than square, other yeah. than making decisions on run out what does he and do? thumpings, what else do they do? He catches a bit of sun. <laughs> he, <laughs> What yeah. about? <laughs> he sucks on a few Werther's originals while he's there. What about? What, what if this? This is this, no. Yes, what he does. Yeah. What if the main umpire miscounts? Yeah. Right, counting to six. You might think it. Well, you won't think it's easy. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes you miscount. Sometimes you miscount. He can just say some square leg umpire. Well, yeah. they chuck beans in the air and catch them once. Usually coins. Two coins. Yeah. Force official in football. Yeah. The guy who stands by the dugouts. Just to get ripped apart by managers, by coaching staff. What is what does he actually do except for all the yeah. substitution boards? Or tell you how, how many minutes left. Yeah, so they check the studs, don't they, when substitutions oh, come on? I'll tell you what, that's, no, a that's a big job. That's a big job. Is that anymore? I don't know. They yeah, seem... check studs. How, how can you play a game of football without <laughs> checking studs? The twelfth man in cricket. Could you imagine how oh, blind don't, don't you even is the twelfth man? man. What what? He just what? runs on with drinks. Yeah, the drinks. If you've got to hydrate, if you're thirsty, it's too late. He can't even bat a ball. What? No, because what happens is the 12th man, he's there, he does all sorts. I was 12th man for England when I was 17. And you get charged of all sorts, you've got to run sweaters on. You've got to make drinks in the dressing room. It's make like the what boots. you were doing at the it's Champions like, League, Robbie. Yeah, so you can relate to this. You've got to go up and bring lunches down. Well, run out Ricky Ponting, one of them, Gary Pratt, best thing he yes. ever did. I, I, once yeah. did I, I did it, I was 17, and I, I was in charge of Jack Russell. Right, Jack Russell, barking mad, wicket keeper, funny hat, paints. And he, for lunch, every day of a test match, he had Weetabix, right? <laughs> he had two Weetabix. So he said to me, morning of the game, he says, yeah, Fred, what do you want you to do? <laughs> I want you to put my Weetabix on Where's at he one o'clock. Where? He's from the West Country. Yeah. At one o'clock. He said, we'll come off at quarter past. 
I want my Weetabix. So I said, all right, Jack, yeah, fine. First date, remembered, one o'clock, I've got his Weetabix in milk. He comes off, there you go, Jack, there's your Weetabix. Oh, these are good Weetabix. These are good Weetabix. Second day, I forgot dinner, right? I put them in at 10 past. 10 past, I put them on the milk, he comes off. He looks at him in disgust. In disgust, he looks at these dry Weetabix. He said, what time do you put them on? I said, one o'clock, Jack. He said, oh, no. Oh, no. These have been put on at least after eight minutes past. I said, oh, come on, Jack, give us a break. And he was dirty with me for the rest of the trip. Also, yeah. even, do you know what Jack Russell went on to be? What? Um, goalkeeping coach or assistant coach at Forest Green Rovers. Did he? Did you just hear that or did you know no, that? No, I knew that. I knew that. Wasn't Jack he a brilliant painter? As Amazing well? painter. You said that, Matthew. not listening. He don't listen, Matthew. I know, he doesn't listen. Just about him. What about... Here's another one for you. Here's, a, here's, a, here's another one for you. What about the geezer that runs on to stop the ball with his fingertips in American football. Yeah. He gets paid a fortune. But what? He only He's got millions paid, for seriously. that. Just catches it, punks it down and kicks it. Do you know the biggest one? Biggest one in sport. Biggest one is his golf caddies. No, they're important. A golf caddy? Carry your own bag. Yeah. What's wrong with you? Yeah, he tells about the size of golfers as well. They're all big ones. They can carry their own bag. But I think they're important. They do yardages. They they advise on the shots. It's a big... GPS? Tactic. GPS? Uh, do you know what? You, <laughs> I'm, I'm getting on one here. Do you know if I was a golfer and I cared that much about winning a major, winning a tournament, we spoke about it before, big matches, yep. coming to the party, I'd go and walk around the course. I'd go and walk around it and think... I'm not trusting some fella to tell me where to hit my ball. Mm-hmm. I'm not having him telling me on the green just so they can make excuses. Why would you have somebody else reading your putt? You're hitting it, you read it. You take your notes, carry your own bag, get a buggy, get a trolley. Do you know what? Don't have some bloke walking round. Oh, it's pathetic. What about director of football, Matthew? No, Bloody. I'm not finished on caddies. Oh, oh, right, right. Pathetic. No, what, what do you think how golf would change if you didn't have the caddy? You give ten percent have... as well. I'm not giving someone ten percent to carry me bag. <laughs> Five pound on airport. <laughs> well, you get some you carry bag at the airport, do you? You can do. Yeah. <laughs> you Ty- Tiger Woods is caddy. <laughs> Tiger Woods is caddy. The missus, I give her a tip. <laughs> <laughs> Highest earning sports person in the whole yeah. of New Zealand. Mm, Tiger yeah. Woods is caddy. And yeah. then he stitched him up later, didn't he? Didn't they fall out in some big way? What about the cocks? What? Yeah, both. What, Pinson and Redgrave? <laughs> <laughs> no, they, I was saying, Pinson and Redgrave, what about I'm, the... I'm sure they'll say they're essential. <laughs> what about the cocks, Matthew? What do they do, Fred? The cocks. The cocks. Oh, they row the two of them, the two <laughs> rowers. <laughs> Keep it in, keep it in. Keep it in, Mike. Don't bottle it, Mike. What about the cocks in the ball? Well, I think what they do is... <laughs> what do they do? They just, they just wait. What do they do? <laughs> no, I think the cocks... They do a couple of things. He's having it. A couple of things. They steer. So they've got the, they I think a boat. They, I think they, yeah, what do you mean? So of course they steer. You don't think boats need steering? A canoe. <laughs> They're steering. No, but don't they? And the boat race, they have, I think, two... If I remember rightly, I interviewed the Cox before one of the boat races. <laughs> <laughs> and I think they have two, um, like, wires that they fiddle with to get the... the... They also shout out the, you know, row. Or the oh! Row, 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 row. Oh, mate, they get knighted for this crap. <laughs> <laughs> what about table tennis umpire? Yeah. What does he do? 
Oh, massively important. Wow! Oh, yeah. Crucial. Okay, I'll tell you why. So, on serve, you have to throw the ball vertically up because if you throw it back towards the bat, you can get more spin illegally. So they have to check the angle that the ball leaves the hand when you're serving. You're not allowed to serve behind the farthest point of your back when you serve, because otherwise you can shield the contact point behind the trunk of the body. So I have to check that out. They you can't to... shield much behind that. <laughs> <laughs> they have to tell whether the ball has struck the edge or the side oh. when it's a borderline case. They have to ensure that the coach at the side of the court isn't giving tactical advice during the game. That's against the rules. They have to police the timeouts which come in table tennis. I mean, the, the, the job in table tennis of an umpire... Oh, it's massive. Don't, don't compare oh, yeah. it to the square leg umpire, Robert. Whoa. Seriously, it's a totally different... Thing. What about, right, this is slightly contentious, jockeys. <laughs> what is the point of a jockey? <laughs> a horse will run. Yeah. We've seen it with greyhounds. Open the traps, are off. Why put, could, Why stick someone on the back of an horse? Just let them run. You could have a jockey-less... Just let them run. Horse racing, I suppose. No, but then you'd need to... Wouldn't you... They, they also direct the horse, don't they? And they get more Yeah, instead of, of instead of having a her, just have, like, an apple... <laughs> oh, well, the horses run after the apple. A carrot. An apple. <laughs> a carrot. Oh, yeah, a carrot. <laughs> Dangle a carrot, yeah. Because yeah. horses like apples, Robbie, or a sugar lump. To be fair, you could eat one through a tennis racket with those nice as you got. <laughs> OK, what about undervalued? Not point... OK, have you got another point? For undervalued, let me just put the goalkeeper thing in context and we maybe come back to the... Keeping's easy. Ball's massive. Oh, come on. Massive. Uh, let me just get a couple get of You don't even catch them these days. Oh, oh it's on. swerving around. Massive. I can't catch that. Massive skill. 100 most expensive transfers in football history. Only one is a uh, goalkeeper. Buffon, Palma to Juve in 2001. Um, if Manchester United sign Edison from Benfica for £35 million, he'd become the world's most expensive goalkeeper by far, but at less than half the price that United played for Pogba. Only one goalkeeper has won the Ballon d'Or. Who was it, Robbie? Dina Zoff. Lev Yashin. Dinamo Moscow and Soviet Union. Let me just give one quote, Brian Clough, and see if you change your mind, Fred. So he had Shilton in goal. With Shilton in goal, it gave everyone confidence. It spread through the side. The defenders felt safer. The forwards thought if we can nick a goal, there's a more than evens chance the opposition won't score at the other end. He transmitted resilience to the entire team. And if you have a shaky goalkeeper you're not going to have a fantastic team. To be fair, what you've just said is a man who's into psychology, that's a negative team. Because they but the, the, They're thinking, right? firstly, about defending. They're thinking about our keeper can stop it and then transmitting. They should be thinking, we're going to score 10 goals here. We're not bothered what happens back there. But think about the great... The keeper, you could drag someone off the street and do it. Oh, no. You no. can. We've seen... <laughs> just, just get someone off the street. Get There's a woman walking past outside the window. She could go and go. Reaction how many say, How many saves I, did he make? OK, I've, let me throw this your way. The time that it takes for a striker to shoot the ball at a goalkeeper, the, the time I it takes... I play cricket, Matthew. They haven't you used got to bought 95 to... mile an hour, point yeah, so, two of a second. So you'll know that when you're batting, you've already <laughs> you decided... You can't kick it that hard and it's a soft ball. I've got decide... a big pair of gloves on. But in cricket, you've decided whether to play the front or the back foot before they've... the ball has left the bowler's hands. You're actually anticipating where the ball is going by reading the body language of the bowler as he's coming in. And the reason you're able to do that is you've had long-term practice, you've got very sophisticated pattern recognition. The great goalkeepers, incredible thing. They measure up the attacking player. They anticipate where the ball is going. If you look at it and deconstruct it, they're already moving in the right direction to get their hand on the ball. Don't just have to stop shots. 
They've got, to, they they've got to position themselves in such a way to make the attacker less likely to shoot on target in the first place. They've it. got to be able to play with both feet Just when there's a back pass. I think you are. I, I know you're being ironic to an extent, but goalkeepers well, are extraordinarily bravo, skilled people. Bravo, he's, he's got I mean, feet for hands, him. Yeah, OK, he's not <laughs> good. It? Bobby, what's your take on this? Oh, undervalued goalkeepers. Are they undervalued? Um I don't think they're undervalued because because goalkeepers haven't cost the most money in football. I bet they still get paid all right. I don't think they're undervalued. I think the goalkeeper, the, it's the only position I would say on a field that if you make that mistake and the last mistake, yeah. it's a goal. That's right. So if a centre half makes a mistake, the goalkeeper can bail him out. If yeah. you, a mid, if a striker misses a chance, he might get another one. But if it's nil nil and the keeper makes a mistake. You lose the game one exactly. and we remember their mistakes. And you remember we? their mistakes. So I wouldn't say undervalued because of the transfer fees. I, 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 I know exactly what you're saying. I think we, they're underappreciated. I, re- I, I, re- I reckon no? goalkeepers. Who's the best you've played with? Oh, Brad Frieda was great. Tim Flowers is great. Mm-hmm. I played with some good Neville Southall. Oh, yes, Neville Southall. I reckon goalkeepers per seconds are involved in a game are the highest paid people on the pitch. They don't do all for half of it, just stand there. You can say the same about the striker. They just stand there. At least they run. They run up and down uh, trying to get involved. They you, track back. Yeah, but if you're good and they'll track back, they'll try and tackle, they'll try them, and get the ball. Some a the keeper best... will just stand there. Maybe he might go venturing out these days. He might get outside his 18-yard box. He'll just stand there. <laughs> I think that's ridiculous. If you look at the great strikers who didn't necessarily track back, Lineker, uh, Rush, who was lovely. They scored loads of goals. I know they did. Gerd Müller, fantastic. Just because they're not actually involved all the time, they make a decisive contribution at key moments. The same with keepers. Robbie makes the point. Keeper makes one mistake, they lose the match. But that's, the that's, not, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, per time they're involved in the that's game, true. they're the highest paid players. Yeah. I think it's so important that a team he could sit has down a... for half a game, couldn't he? You could just put a traffic cone there. I think it's so important. That... <laughs> I think it's so important a team has a recognised number one and how important they are. Look at Man City this year. Mm-hmm. The keeper, Bravo, Caballero, they had to buy another one, spent more money. They've got a good keeper there, Joe Hart. Look at Schmeichel for Manchester United. Oh, what happened? Know. The thing That's is, Fred, point. when you talk about good goalkeepers and undervalued, under under a team, whatever. A good goalkeeper can save you 10 or 15 points a year, and that yeah. could be the difference. Well, you they? mentioned Schmeichel, Schmeichel at United. Yeah. What an incredible keeper he was. And it wasn't just his saves. He was fantastic in all sorts of other ways. The way he strengthened the back line, his strategic positioning. All of what? these things. Strategic, his, his positioning? I've got to tell you. You're standing there. No, but you have to stand. He's a brilliant keeper. Think, think about it. Imagine you've got a ball. You've got five players in an attacking position. You have to anticipate where the level of danger is likely to materialise and be in exactly the right position at the right time. Look at David Seaman letting the goal from Ron Aldini at the World Cup. Well, you mentioned Naeem and Seaman as well as another example. You, you often have a failure of strategic positioning leading to a goal. What Shilton, Schmeichel, Gordon Banks were able to do preeminently Brilliant strategic awareness, incredible capacity to stop shots, great ability with both feet if there was a back pass, and they were able to influence the game in a way that I think you're underestimating because it isn't as visible. We only remember them for the mistakes, not for the incredible number of goals that they prevent. Football is all about scoring goals. Oh, I remember Gordon Banks for a wonderful save from Pelly. Amazing, that one. Yeah. Edda. Edda, yeah. Edda. Yeah. 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 Down to his right. Yeah. Down to his right. Made a meal of it. <laughs> I'll tell you. Is another, it was a very good save. Here's another good example is Wikis. 
Wicket keepers. Wicket keepers, ball after ball, if it gets past the bat, they're stopping the ball. Incredible consistency, the really good ones. Like, say, for example, Alan Knott. When there's an edge, typically they catch it, but they get remembered for the one catch they drop. They have a brilliant season. They Again and again, they're showing this incredible resilience. It's, it's, changed, it's changed a little bit. Like, Alan Knott, amazing, lovely man as well. Yeah. But now, his style of play would not stand up. Wicket keepers now are remembered for the runs they score. Got to be a batter. They've got to score runs. You look at them all now. You look at Johnny Burstow. You don't talk about his wicket keep. People don't talk about his wicket keeping now. They talk about how many runs he scored, what he's averaging. Josh Butler, what he does. MS Dorney, the runs he scored. Adam Gilchrist. Yeah. Keeping's yeah. like a bias yeah. product. They're yeah. not. They're yeah, not. Yeah, the, these okay. aren't. These aren't the best keepers. But let me ask these you this. These are the better right? keepers up and down the world. Matthew, I'm, I'm, try, I'm, try, I'm, try, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm Matthew's try. gone on speed to I'm with you, Fred. I'm with you. Yes, I'll tell you. Let me, let me just think. I mean, I think that um, uh, but, but, Notch but, 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 was a pretty decent batsman. I think he scored 135 once, more than 4,000 no, I'm, 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 I'm not saying so he's he wasn't not, a bat- but, but what I'm saying right, let is, me ask you this. But they've got to be a frontline right. batsman. Okay. Let me throw this your way. You've got him rattled, Fred. You've got him rattled. Fred, you've got him rattled. You're bowling. Yeah. And you've put so much time and commitment into trying to get that ball to move off the seam and to get an edge. You need to be 100% sure that you have a keeper behind the stumps who's going to catch the ball, even if it's difficult to the right or left, even if it's in front of him. What Not was able to do with his bowlers is transmit a sense of security that if they were able to get that nick, he would be there. He would be dependable. He was a wicketkeeper batsman. You're talking about batsman wicketkeepers. That's the way it's gone. Yeah, well, I'm... Going to throw you away so, the idea so, so, that so, so the, so what, the craft so what, of being able to be a great, consistent wicketkeeper is undervalued in cricket today, in modern cricket. No, the the role of the wicketkeeper has changed. You value the runs. I'll be honest with you, wicketkeeping. Any keeper can stand back. Standing back's easy. It's the ones who stand up to the stumps. That's the one thing where it's it's changed a hell of a lot. Yeah. But what I'm saying, I think I'm saying, is that wicketkeepers in cricket now are not undervalued. The importance of them as a batsman, as a keeper, is not undervalued. Everyone knows it. The, what, it. the one person I played with who was undervalued was Ashley Giles. Ashley Giles, the spinner. King of Spain. King of Spain. They made a mug. It went to say King of Spain in the Warwickshire County shop. They put King of Spain. <laughs> so, so his nickname became the King of Spain. But he... He got such a kick in. We, when we was the most successful as an England side, he did his job to perfection for the fast bowlers. Our strength was the fast bowlers. So the spinner was not necessarily in the first innings a wicket-taking option. He would put, If there's an end where the wind's howling in your face and yeah. nobody wanted to bowl from it, he'd bowl over the wicket, go one and over, allow the other seamers to rotate at the other end, yeah. or they could rest. So he, for the team, yeah. he was playing his part. It might not have shown that in the game. Commentators, Ian Botham called him a wheelie bin. They called him the wheelie bin. They yeah. called him this, that and the other. It was right. disgraceful yeah, because this man's importance yeah. and the runs he scored as well yeah. to the team yeah. was massive. He might not have had the gloss that some of us got, yeah. but we all knew within the how good he did and he, he just got crucified I, I, for it. The wheelie I, bin, they called him the wheelie bin. You can say wicket-keeping's changed. Goalkeepers have changed. Because I think the most undervalued goalkeepers now are actually the ones who keep the ball up the net. Yeah. Joe Hart. So Joe Hart. So people say now we've got to buy a goalkeeper. You've said it, strategic positions and good with both feet. I think it's an absolute load of nonsense. What's happened to the good old-fashioned goalkeeper keeping the ball out of the net? 
catching crosses instead of punching them ridiculous distances. What's happened to that goalkeeper that you know when he's one-on-one, I fancy him. Not the goalkeeper when the ball gets played back to him. I'm going to do a Cruyff turn and set up attack. Goalkeeping's changed. I mean, wouldn't you say it depends a bit on the the style of play that the outfield players have? And at Barcelona, but all it's here crucial. Now, but all here now, Matthew, is you have to be good with your feet. Well, I mean, what's about a... be, what's wrong with being good with your hands? Well, you want both the... in an ideal world, don't you? Well, for me, I'd want my goalkeeper yeah. that if it's a free kick, mm-hmm. twenty five yards out, or if there's a one on one situation, I'm thinking to myself. I've got the best goalkeeper in terms of keeping the ball up the net. Well, this is one not I'm the su- best goalkeeper who can ping the ball but, sixty yards. Robbie, this is one of the reasons I'm surprised that Freddie is saying, implying at least that it's the batting ability of wicket keepers that has become more significant than the catching ability. Because all you need is Ponting, who could score hundred and hundred and fifty, to edge it. If a wicket keeper catches that, he's just saved hundred and fifty. Yeah, runs. but you would say. Yeah, but I, th- ju- I think you're talking about different levels. You're talking about an international bloke who can bat and keep wicket. You're not talking about dragging someone off the street or a club cricket. You're talking about someone who's proficient. You're not talking about a novice, but you're not talking about someone like I will not or Bob Taylor. Yeah, brilliant. Amazing yeah. gloveman. Yeah. Your Dornies aren't as good as that. Yeah. Your Gilchrist wasn't as good as that. Yeah, I agree. But both average 50-odd and score runs and do the job, no frills as a keeper. Ashley Giles. Yeah. He was. Dis- I mean, how much abuse did he get? The wheel. It was bit. shocking. But think about. I'll tell you another position that is underrated because it's not as flamboyant. You know, we think in football of you know Perlow or Hoddle or Hullet. Can't but what about the defensive midfielders? midfielders. Sunes, Vieira, Makaleli, Rijkaard, Keane, Mateus, um, Matic, Kante. I mean, these people are absolutely crucial to a team. Because they're, they're, what they're, they're breaking down the opposition's ability to attack, and therefore they give you the capacity to rebuild your own attack. Was it Didier Deschamps? Yeah, did, 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 water somebody on the water carry. Yeah. I think, but I think that has now changed a little bit because they are valued. Because Kante has just won the PFA Player yeah. of the Year. It's cha- it, probably over the last. So over the last, it has changed, and that rule comes. It was called the McAleary rule. Fred yeah. Claude McAleary played for Chelsea. I was one of those players, yeah. and I knew my role in my team was to break play up, get the ball back and give it to the more influential, dynamic, skillful players. Yeah. And my role was defined and I knew what I was good at. And the Kantes of this world and who, like, Glee Catamol. I'm not I'm not saying Kantes like Catamol, but Catamol, what he's done for Sunderland, for his teams, good jobs. Do you know what I mean? These players now, I think, are getting recognised because of McAleary, the McAleary role, breaking play up. And I think that position has become more prominent and people actually... Wanna be a number yeah. six? Yeah. Because in, in kids' football now, they say a number six, the one who can get the ball off the back four, dictate play or break play up. So yeah. I think before, if you'd have been it's, saying, it's do you want to be a number? What would you want to be? Hands up, wants to be a striker. Yeah? yeah, yeah. Hands up, who wants to be a box to box midfielder? Yeah. Years ago, if you'd have said, hands up, who wants to be a defensive midfielder? Nobody would have wanted to be it. Now, I've seen kids. I want to be a defensive midfielder. I think very few people want to be a goalkeeper. You know who played goalie? Albert Camus. Oh, the philosopher. Yep. Albert Camus. John Paul II. Goalkeeper. The Pope. Yeah, at university. The Pope. Odds on favourites, you're going to say the fashion designer. (laughs) Odds on the Odds on. I was just waiting for it. Thank you, guys. And thank you for listening. You can download the podcast for extended versions of all the topics we covered on this week's show at the Five Live website and all the usual podcast places. You'll also find all of the podcasts we've recorded so far in the series. Please use the hashtag FredSavSide to get in touch through the week. 
you could leave a review on iTunes and give us a rating, that would be great. Really appreciate those who've done it already. We'll be back next week at the same time. But for now, from all of us, goodbye. Flintoff, Savage and the Ping Pong Guy. Thank you for downloading the Flintoff, Savage and the Ping Pong Guy podcast. If you like what you hear, then why not have a look at what else five live podcasts have to offer at bbc.co.uk forward slash five live. Want more from your podcast app? Graduate to Pocket Casts, your free one-stop shop for podcast listening, search and discovery. The beautifully designed app gives you more control and makes it easier to discover and organize podcasts with powerful tools to customize listening. Hear all your favorite shows at pocketcast.com or find us in the Apple app or Google Play stores. 